Hello and welcome to Don't Tell Me What to Do, the astrology podcast. I'm Lisa Kiss, your host, and I'm also an astrologer, teacher, and conscious business guide. This podcast is named after one of my favorite sayings and expressions to live your life. We're all here to experience life in our own unique ways. So keep listening to explore different views of living life through astrology, business, and personal development as we go through the Zodiac seasons together and with our guests. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Today I'm going to be doing the Gemini season forecast. So I'm starting this as a a new thing that we're going to do monthly. Last month, I did the uh, Taurus season one. So uh, Gemini season runs from May 21st to June 20th this year. And then I mean like, I wonder if I could look at the exact time that like the sun enters Gemini because sometimes it's like it can be midday, it can be end of the day, but it'll be at some point in the day on May 21st. So, um, I'm a Gemini. Gemini season is one of my favorite and least favorite seasons because it's a 12th house season for me because I'm Cancer rising. So, um, I mean, the last whole series I did was how do we look at our chart with like our different 12 seasons. So, I mean, really looking at where Gemini is in your chart, like what house it rules, um, to see what kind of energy Gemini season will bring for you. I mean, I like it because it's my sun sign, but the any 12th house, like the 12th house season is normally a time of like slowing down and more like retrospective reflection, inner world exploration time as opposed to being like out there, which is more of the energy that Gemini itself does hold is more like out there. What's going on? What's happening around me locally? I need to know a lot of nosiness to like what's going on and then you might just feel more of that energy burst that spark and curiosity to like actually go out into the world more and like see what's going on around you in your neighborhood like locally locally exploring so there's like fun fun vibes with it so um there's like a 30-day period to really really get to be nosy and explore everything that you're curious with so uh the, the moons have shifted because we had like the double in Aries with the eclipse, with the eclipses. So we start off with like, there's a full moon, then the new moon. If this bothers me when it's like this, because in my mind, it should be the new moon, then the full moon, but whatever. So like the very last day of Taurus season, like was the new moon. And then boom, we change right into a new season. And it's going to be like that for a bit. Uh, yeah. So sun enters May 21st. And then on June 3rd, we have the full moon in Sagittarius. So the access of Gemini Sagittarius is all about information, like collecting it, but also like researching, but like questioning information, like where is it coming from? So again, looking to your chart to see where Sagittarius is, which is, it'll be the opposite of Gemini and like what access that is for you. So depending on what the houses are and what they rule, I don't know, either questioning something that's going on in that particular access or just gaining more information, exploring something. Um, Sagittarius energy can feel very like big and expansive. Um, Yeah, 
it'd be more of like a fun, high energy full moon. Um, but then you have to just like watch it for like overdoing it because Sagittarius energy can like almost feel too, not like too optimistic, but like a very optimistic, um, expansive energy. And then you could say what in your, what in your chart, aka like your life is what is expanding or maybe because it's a full moon, like what actually needs to fall away and release so you can actually feel like you're expanding. If that makes sense. I don't pre, like I don't do notes or pre, what's the word? Pre, pre-do, I know it's not a word. I don't do anything prior to these episodes. I just start talking with like the list of the, <laughs> the transits in front of me. So we, you're, you get like full either this is very Gemini and like I'm not making anything up, but it's just like the intuitive pulling or channeling of information. You're like, oh, that sounds like it really fits. So we're going to say it. And um, yeah, that can also just be very Gemini. It's just like pulling information and like stringing it together. And it sounds really good. Yeah. So that'd be the full moon in Sagittarius. So we're releasing something so that we can feel like really tap into that expansiveness. I like how that sounds. And then on June 18th, so it's like the very end of Gemini season, that's your time with the the new moon in Gemini to, to, to set intentions. Now, see, in my mind, we should be setting the intention and then releasing based on that intention, but it's backwards right now, you see. So, um, but June 18th would be a great time to set some intentions, um, with the new moon, so new moon means sun and moon are both in Gemini, so it's a dark sky. So the easiest way to describe it is if someone was born on a new moon, their internal and external world are like the same, and they can kind of hide from the world because it was a dark sky when they were born. So they want to go more internal, and they want to be more introverted, and they want to like hide away. Um, so it's that time to kind of really not get any external validation or ask questions on like, what should my intention be? Like, it's like, you know, and you have to go like internally to kind of figure out what is needing, like what new seed needs to be planted kind of vibes. Whereas the full moon, and if someone was born on a full moon, the sky is the most illuminated. There's lots of light, there's lots of energy, and it can be more that like sharing and celebrating of like the things that have happened and like letting people know, oh yeah, I've been up to this and this is what's going on. And then kind of re, someone I know says rejigging a lot, <laughs> rejigging what is going to like happen next. So more of that intention can really come through. That makes sense. So yeah, that's the moons. I mean, you have about you June 18th and then three days later we switch seasons. So it's like really weird in my opinion to be like setting intention at like the end of the season so but that's just what's happening right now with the moon so it's kind of like the beginning kind of moon report um but there's a bunch of other things that are happening so i'm gonna talk about those now so i'm gonna throw other dates at you for june so yeah, the end of may is actually kind of uneventful after the sun enters Gemini, there's nothing is, is showing as like a major thing on my list. Um, and then June 1st, we have Jupiter conjunct the North Node, which is fun. So Jupiter just entered Taurus so uh, for like a whole year. So Jupiter will conjunct the North Node, I believe, at like two degrees. And it's like 
this is a big thing right now with like the Jupiter entering Taurus, but also like the North Node is there and it's been there since the beginning of 2022 and Uranus is there and that has been there since 2019 and whichever house in your chart is ruled by Taurus, I mean, it has gotten some shakeups and changes since 2019, um, depending on how clicked in you are to that energy. So in 2019 to 2026, so you still have a, a bit more time with Uranus going through their Uranus, and it basically is like shaking it up and trying to give you like a new perspective to look at when it comes to that house. And then with the North Node being in there from 2022, it just brings the North Node. It's like bring your attention to that point. That's why I kind of look at it. So it's like bring your attention to that. So you've had like a focus on it for like a year and a half and it's like about to shift. So with Jupiter going like conjuncting with the North Node, but now Jupiter's in that same house that I describe it as it's almost been primed for Jupiter. This is what I was thinking about the other day. So like I take transit um, to like come home from work and your brain wanders like I have 20 minutes to kind of just like stare out the window and like daydream and so I was like yeah I'm like I'm gonna tell you personally what's happened with mine to just kind of give context but um unless you're cancer rising it has not been going through your 11th house right so just look to see where Taurus is and it's just an area of your chart that there's just been a lot of focus on and hopefully you've made changes in that part of your life because that's what the energy is kind of asking you for. But because it's Taurus, Taurus doesn't like change, it might feel more difficult. Definitely, it's been kind of weird for me. So basically, so 2019 to now with um, Uranus going through there, kind of shaking things up. Um, for me, Taurus is my 11th house. So it's all about like vision, community, um, people, networks, groups, um, basically like I exist but like there's much more than me. That's the love and There's much more than yourself going on in the world, but like who are you connected to? Like what's the vision of where you see things going and like who do you surround yourself with and all these things, like how like your network, like who you're connected to, but like really like as you kind of grow and evolve, the communities around you will change. So at the beginning of 2019, I enrolled in a YTT program, which just kickstarted this whole thing of me doing astrology then why I have the podcast and I've written a book and I've done all these really interesting things. So definitely doing YTT, it connected me to a community, right? This yoga community. And that was like number one, connect me with more like-minded people from that way. Now, because Uranus energy can feel very um, erratic. That's the word I'll use erratic. With Since 2019, I've definitely connected with people that I shouldn't have been connected with was the nicest way to put it but there have been a lot of lessons around people and that trust so like um yeah I'll stop there before I go on a tangent but there's been a lot of like new communities come in and then oh they're they're gone I'm like oh nope not for me and so having in a like a Taurus 11th house I'm quite particular about who I surround myself with and who I call a friend. Like, I don't just call anybody a friend. It's a very, like, I think, like, a worthy title for anybody. Like, I don't think we should be calling everybody our friends. I just don't think that that's, like, a thing. Like, as a Gemini, I'm a more introverted Gemini, but as a Gemini, 
I know a lot of people just through like my work, like I'm connected to people like locally through things I, you know, like pre-COVID time, I was out there doing my thing with a different business, but like I, I liked connecting with people. I liked knowing what was going on and I knew a lot of people, but I did not call them my friends. They were just people I knew. Like I'm very, very picky about who I like. Honestly, it's like an honor to be someone's friend, truthfully. And I do not think the word should be thrown around lightly. Um, and that's what it, that I feel comes really down to having like a Taurus 11th house is there's like a, a, a lot of trust and loyalty that like comes with it and a uh once you like find a person and like they're your friend and you know them you like stick with them like I'm not known for being friends with people for short periods of time like if you're my friend you're my friend that's how it's going but um so anyway where is I going with with this um okay where was I actually going with this So I'll, I'll jump back to the, the 2019 connecting with lots of people. Um, oh, yes, but I don't call everybody a friend, but I know a lot of people. And we have the, the lots of acquaintances. And so I would, have, I would say that in 2019, I had four people that I actually called my friends, <laughs> just four, because that is how much I like respect and honor this word. And I just had, you know, sometimes I'd use the term like business friend or like work friend, but like to just say like, oh yeah, they're my friend. It's very like, I don't know, it's like sacred. So in 2019, I had four. And since this process of like Uranus going through and the North Node, we're in 2023. This is like four years later, we are down to like one person. It was very odd to admit on a pod, like one person that I truly like use the word friend with and that there's still that sacred meaning and trust and loyalty to. And that's probably been the biggest thing that's happened. Um, yes. But the 11th house for me where Taurus is, is a lot of like different communities I'm in. So like the yoga community, a lot of it that like went down with it. There's still one person I'm very connected to from it and everyone else like not really. And that's fine. Then after that, what were other communities I connected myself to? Um, I joined um, a mindfulness organization, like nonprofit near me to volunteer with, and I helped them. And I've been doing that for almost two years. And it feels like a good group of people to be connected with. Um, what else? Even right now what I'm experiencing, and I think this is the Jupiter coming through, and this is why I say it's like primed, like Uranus and the North Node are primed this house for you to almost make you see what was real, what was not real, what you needed to get rid of, what had to be shaken, not just up, but shaken completely out of that area of your chart and it's like bye. Um, And then it like has, it like cleared it cleared it so that the new opportunities can come in with Jupiter because Jupiter is all about um, like abundance and opportunity and like looking to those things. And I find that you can't have 
so many things going on, like it won't work. So like certain things have to like leave. So certain things can come in. It's that whole saying, like one door closes, another one opens kind of, and everything runs in these cycles. So like, I personally think that certain opportunities that are coming my way for 11th house right now are very much like they wouldn't have been a thing if I was still connected to those other three people out of like the four that I actually considered friends, like if those particular people were still in my life, I wouldn't be where I am now in terms of like other opportunities coming through. And yes, it's very interesting. So I don't know, like if you're in like wherever Taurus is in your chart, like just think about since 2019 and then really heavily last year in 2022, what are some things that have cleared in an area of my life and now, like, it's like, I and just saying, like, I'm open, I'm open to receive what is about to kind of like come through. An example I'll give is so, like, in 2020, I did, like, I did the astrology program to be able to read charts with Deborah Silverman. And right now, and this is so weird, and I like never expected this to happen. I'm super connected with people who are connected, like I'm. How do I say this? So they like do stuff for the Deborah Silverman Astrology School. I did level one and two there. Um, I love the way Deborah does everything. She's a fellow Gemini. But I, um, yeah, I like, I'm very connected with people like that. I just sort of knew their name from just, you know, being a part of the school. And I'm like connected to them in like certain ways. And it just, it's almost like, so there were three and now there's like a fourth one coming in and just a lot of new connections being made. And then I just think for, to myself, like, this is great to be connected to these people because there's that like-minded energy of astrology, but also like the Deborah Silverman kind of method and that we were blending the psychology with the esoteric, with the practicalness. And there's like, it's a, it's a unique way of using astrology that I do think is actually like helpful and transformational for people. Like, um, you have to add that layer of psychology onto it to actually formulate a change in your life, even though astrologers, it's like Deborah Silverman is a psychologist, but um, like astrologers aren't unless they actually are certified in it, but there needs to be that other layer or else it's just like not practical. Like how is it actually going to make a change in your life? But that's like one interesting example that's happening right now. I also work in a, I'm going to do an episode on like reflections of the past Jupiter cycle to this one, but I work now with like a way better group of people and I consider them to all be like work friends. It's a good group of people and I like it and I do feel like it's very, it's super 11th house. So there's that. And then even like clients that have been coming in for readings, I feel like they're more like soul connected people. Like, like some people say like soulmate clients and all of that, but there's more of a of a connection there. And then something I will say with the 11th house mm. being vision, hopefully you just didn't hear that sound outside. It's so noisy where I live. Sometimes it like, I can't sleep in because of the, the sounds. It's just like awful. Anyway, um, I have Mercury in Taurus. So I do have a planet in Taurus in my 11th house and Mercury. And I had um, Uranus go over my Mercury a few times and oh my gosh, it really shakes up the way your mind works, your mindset. Like if you ever have Uranus go over your Mercury, you're going to change certain mindset patterns, beliefs, behaviors. 
um, just things will shift up. But then I also think it really connects to like your vision really changing as well because your mindset's changed. So like the direction that you're going in is also really going to change. So, but the whole process of Uranus going directly over my Mercury was I wrote a book. I don't know, to be honest, I look back and I don't know how the hell I actually disciplined myself to do that, but I did it and I'm really glad I did it. I mean, I'm turning 26 this year, but I wrote the book when I was 24 and I'm just like, oh, I don't have the the energy to write the book. (laughs) But I'm really glad I did because I don't think I'd have the energy to write the book right now. So I'm really glad I I did that and I have that evergreen kind of thing. But um, with Mercury being here, I have to think like, okay, what is this vision now going forward? What do I want to happen? What new groups and communities do I want to call in? And how am I actually going to be open to the opportunities? And the, the key thing is with the Taurus is potentially being open to the change because if a new opportunity comes in, there, there might be change. And this is a part of your chart that you might not, you might not want change. Like it was absolutely positively terrifying for me to not be friends with those three people that I identified with so strongly with. And I was friends with for years, like one friend I was friends with for 20 years and to not identify with like her being my friend for the last little bit. It's weird. Like when someone is a really big part of your life, like my, my one bestie, shout out to Sharon, she's been on the podcast She's like the shining star Leo. She and I have been friends since we were like 10 and we're going to be 26 this year. And it's just like there's such a value in like the the lasting of friendship that I just I believe in with this. I don't I don't know if it's the Taurus energy or it's just me, but I'm so particular with people. If we're friends, like we're friends. We're going on like 16 years of friendship. But also there's this thing with people where you have to understand that like – um. I don't know, like she moved, I moved. Well, first I moved and then she moved. And then like, you know, there's just like, you have to like almost know that like they're your friend, but they're making these changes that have nothing to do with you because it's for their life, but you can still be friends with them and you can still support their decision. I don't know. It's just very interesting. Maybe the 11th house really shows you into like, I don't know how to connect with others and all this stuff, but there's just an alignment of like be friends with people who are have similar values to you, be in community where there's similar values. So that's just what I've like – that's been my – like the whole thing with Jupiter, but really think in your chart like what has been cleared and now you have a year of like blessings hitting that area. And this is the thing with astrology and free will, free will and everything like that is if you don't listen to the callings, that's what I call them, the callings, but they're, it's kind of like the astrology. If you don't listen to those inner callings and you haven't made any changes in the Taurus house, the blessings and opportunities might not be there. And I always like astrology to feel empowering, but I don't want anyone to be like, oh, well, no opportunities are coming. Well, it's like, did you actually release? Did you actually clear? Because if you didn't clear, how is something new supposed to enter? But because it's Taurus, it might feel like a little scary. Like it, to me, it's horrifying to like meet new people and like trust them on a level and like open up to them and tell it's, it's absolutely horrifying. Like for me to trust somebody, it's just like, but I, um, yeah, So that was a lot about that. (laughs) But on June 1st, there might just be like a a aha moment or a blessing moment or really like you're really tapped into the abundance because Jupiter connects with that north node. So there might just be that really aha moment. But I think it's like a really true buildup of like 
what's been going on for the last like four years and then you really would have felt it like last year and then now it's like boom so there's that I'd like to keep these episodes to 30 minutes so I gotta go through some more stuff um yes Venus enters Leo on June 5th so Venus ship Venus transits can really shift they're not that long but they can shift where we're going to focus our like more feminine pleasurable energy and it can just really feel good to focus on like the leo section of your chart and do things that like feel really good in that part and it can just bring a lot of like flowy good vibes if that makes sense but venus and leo it is going retrograde let me check the retrograde date when does venus goes retrograde july 22nd and then it would go direct um September 3rd and then so we have Venus and Leo until October 7th so from June 5th to October 7th we have Venus and Leo and it's going to go forward and then backwards and forward wonderful right so Venus retrogrades happen like every few-ish years it's not like Mercury retrograde but it will really tap into like relationships, love, values, what you love doing, but in that particular section of your chart. I've been preparing for this transit for myself because it goes through one of my workhouses and I'm like, work is, I I like work. So, um, yes, so that's like June, July, August, September, wait, July, August, September, it's like four months we have a Venus and Leo, but Venus and Leo is a great time to expand things with like inner child work, your solar plexus chakra, or even your sacral chakra too, but really like, are you feeling confident in yourself? Like a lot about confidence, speaking up, um, even like really expressing yourself, getting super creative. What else, Venus and Leo? I feel like it's even a great time. Maybe not when it's retrograde. Don't do this when it's retrograde. But even when when it's not retrograde and you've maybe gone through retrograde and it's going back out, it's a great time to just like pamper yourself, but also potentially like get your hair done and like all these things, but more so Venus is going through like your first house. That's like a thing. Um, but you might be more focused on appearance. That can be a Leo thing, but not getting like too much into that. But I'll talk more about the retrograde, like in the season, it actually goes retrograde, but just know like Venus and Leo, like that, that part of your chart, it's going to have, um, some fun. It's going to square Jupiter at a point as well. So so there might be a little bit of tension of like what feels good and what's ex- what actually feels expansive. Um, but that that square will not last too, too long. Then Mercury enters Gemini on June 11th. So Mercury loves being Gemini, rules it. So um, a lot more mental activity, but it's a great time. I'm always like journal, meditation, EFT tapping, doing things that are more like soothing for the mind. So we don't overthink as much. Lists and to-do lists are like the thing for Mercury and Gemini. So don't forget things because you might feel more like a busybody. Um, that same day on June 11th, Pluto retrograde goes back into Capricorn. So that could be like a whole episode. <laughs> but there's um, Pluto was in Aquarius for like three months. And it's like, okay, what changes did you kind of maybe start making? Pluto is going to go back into Capricorn. I think we're going to feel this some more of a collective level on that date, check to see what's going on in the news, government, um, 
things like that, politics, but don't get too sucked in because that's what they want. And then I don't want to go off on a, on a tangent about that, but you, we shouldn't be watching the news and then we should not be watching government funded media, but take a peek to see what happens when it goes back into Capricorn, because it's going to be so weird. What's happening is they're like holding on so tight to these structures and systems that are not working and are so dated. And like, it's going to blow up in their face, but when they feel like they're losing power, they're going to hold tighter and tighter, which is the opposite of energetics and what you should do. But we're going to see in the next few years, a lot of like people have the power. They don't have the power. Even though they think they have the power, they don't, but they're going to cling to it with every fiber of their being. But the people will eventually revolt and something's going to happen. So that's just my short thing on that. But check in and see what's going on in the world of politics and the government funded media. But do not get sucked in because that's what they want. <laughs> and the last thing I'll talk about is um, June 17th, Saturn in Pisces stations retrograde. So this Saturn would have entered Pisces on March 7th. Um, so thinking about an area that you've maybe added more discipline into your life, um, what's been happening April, May, June, three-ish months. It's just going to go retrograde a little bit. And then it'll go forward. So we're going through the period of time where like a lot of the outer planets are going to station retrograde. It does not affect you in your day-to-day -day life, but it does kind of slow us down. And I think it's interesting just here in the northern hemisphere, it's like our summer, we slowed down, right? We should be going on like vacations and we should be chilling and not like, and more being more reflective before we really like push forward. So just think about like what has been going on in that house where Pisces is in your chart for the last three months. What have I kind of been doing? What have I processed? Or you know, like what have I been doing and what can I process from that before I take the next step with that, which it will go direct in the fall. Let's see if I can do this before. I just don't like to go past the 30 minutes. Okay. Nope. Oh. November 4th, November 4th. So it's a long time to be reflective, but Saturn stays in that area of your chart for like three years. So you have a good amount of time to like make some good changes in that area of your life. So that's everything I have for the Gemini update. Um, yeah, reach out on Instagram if you have any questions and happy Gemini season. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'd love to hear from you on Instagram or by leaving a rating or review. It would also mean the world to me if you subscribe to this podcast, if you enjoyed today's episode. If you'd like to support the podcast and continue to discover the don't tell me what to do vibration, there are three different ways. You can keep listening to these podcast episodes that I put out weekly. You can also purchase the subscription version of the podcast, which is new, for exclusive episodes. Or you can purchase my book, which has the exact same name as this podcast. So with so much love and gratitude, see you very, very soon in the next episode.